Hi y'all. Hi guys. So I wanted to record a mini masterclass about obedience. So I recently made a post, my last post exactly, to be exact, uh, entitled, you know, stop making your disobedience a problem for the rest of us. And I got a lot of feedback on that post. We got a lot of engagement actually on Facebook and Instagram from that post, but I actually got personal DMs and text messages um, about that post, your disobedience, stop making your disobedience a problem for the rest of us. And so I actually wanted to hop on and talk it out as well because because there was so much engagement on that post and it resonated with so many people, I wanted to kind of break down and give some more examples on what disobedience, the problems that disobedience causes for your immediate friends and family, um, the rest of the world, people who don't even know you, right? So I wanna give some examples about disobedience, but then I actually, what I didn't do in the post, I actually wanna offer a couple of solutions as well. Um, so this is going to be a quick mini masterclass about disobedience. The reason this topic is so important to me is because I actually have a podcast. So my podcast is entitled the Black Health Academy Podcast. But on the Black Health Academy podcast platform, I actually have two different podcasts. So one is the Black Health Academy podcast with me and my co-host, Ms. Gifford with Jay. But then I also do solo episodes, and those solo episodes are actually entitled Obedience, <laughs> Professional and Personal Lessons of a Life Lived on Purpose. And so I talk about obedience all the time. I think I'm up to episode like 17 on the Obedience Podcast. So if, you, if you're interested in kind of this topic of obedience, um, how to get in alignment, what is obedience, how to align your gifts and your, your talents with your purpose, the intersection of those three, um, and kind of what obedience can do for you, what it doesn't do for you, and all of the nuances around obedience. And I highly recommend you subscribe to the podcast if you want to hear more about this particular subject that I'm going to talk about today. Okay, so obedience is... Um, on, again, the Black Health Academy podcast. Hey, Jay, I was just talking about you <laughs> as my co-host on the podcast. You said flawless. Okay, now, wait a minute now. Look, come on. Hydrate them pores. Um, so this is, again, this is a mini masterclass about my last post, which is which was entitled, Your Disobedience, is Stop Making Your Disobedience a Problem for the Rest of Us. So I want to go into, um, I want to start with a specific subject around magnetism, all right? When I was kind of thinking about how I can make this resonate more for people and get them to understand how the decisions that you make on a daily basis don't affect just you. And most of us know that on some type of like grandiose, some grandiose scale, but a lot of us need to bring that to the forefront of our minds and we need to hone in on the fact that every single decision we make on a daily basis, whether it's what to eat, whether it's what to drink, how to move, who to spend time with, what to do for a living, you know, what to give your attention to, what to take your attention away from, how to spend your money, 
all of those decisions impact more than just you. I don't care if you, in your world, you're the only person in your world. Like, no family, no kids, no whatever. Trust me when I tell you, every decision you make impacts more than just you. And so when you are disobedient to what you're supposed to be doing to live optimally, it, it, it trickles down. It trickles down to people you know, and it trickles down to people you don't know. And... So I wanted to start off with this idea of magnetism. So here's the deal, right? I am very attractive, <laughs> okay? Now, I'm not talking about physically, all right? I'm talking about energetically, right? And the reason I'm so attractive energetically is because of the magnetism that I naturally create from my obedience. Somebody's like, wait a minute, Lisa, I didn't know you was going to go this deep from the beginning. Let me stop. Let me pull over. Let me rewind. <laughs> Hold on. But listen to me. I am very attractive, right? And I'm saying this again, not from a physical standpoint, right? Your opinion of how I look physically has nothing to do with what I'm talking about right now. I'm attractive energetically, right? And the reason I'm attractive energetically it's because of the magnetism that my obedience creates, okay? So when we are obedient in our lives to the things that we're supposed to do, right, it creates a certain magnetism. People want to be around you. People want you around. People want your advice. People want your expertise. Um, people admire you. They look up to you, right? They talk about you when you're not around in the most beautiful of ways. You are magnetic and you are unforgettable when you are obedient, okay? When you are disobedient, the opposite of all of that occurs. And your disobedience will create circumstances in your life that because you don't have the foresight or the self-awareness to identify how you got there, you, you become the victim. Not realizing, you know, that you are you were in control of where you are right now. We're all self-made, right? But a lot of times when people end up in certain circumstances that they don't want to own the responsibility for landing there, they take a victim mentality, they take a victim attitude, and they begin to blame the world, they begin to blame others, they lack accountability, they lack the ability to self-assess, right? But usually you end up in certain circumstances because of your disobedience, all right? And so listen, the post that I made on social media said, you know, my definition of love is bringing peace to someone's life. So I believe that every single person whose life that I am in, right, voluntarily and involuntarily, like family, <laughs> um, that anytime they are around me or the issue of me comes up when I'm not around or whatever, I want it to be in a capacity in which I'm bringing peace and peace in which I'm bringing joy, not headaches, not problems, not something that people got to figure out because I was disobedient, but I always want to bring peace. I want my clients when they work with us at the Black Health Academy, when my students enroll in Farm to Table and enroll in the other 23, I want them to feel like the moment they decided to work with me, when they decided to invest their money to work with me, it brought instant peace, not problems. I want to be the one, I want to be the energetic attraction that allows them to 
exhale, okay? And so I want to talk about how to become energetically attractive, right? But before, before I do that, I want to give a few examples on what how your disobedience can create problems for people and rob them of their peace as opposed to providing them with more peace, right? So when I say I'm attractive, when I say I'm magnetic, when I say that um, I bring peace to people's lives, you know, what I mean by that essentially is... People know when I come around, you know, whether it's in a professional setting, whether it's in a personal setting, um, whether it's in a familial setting, right? I'm not bringing issues. I'm not bringing complaints. I'm not bringing problems. I'm not bringing anger. And we all know these people, right? When we invite so-and-so to the party or whatever, we, you know, you already know they're going to do this or they're going to show out or maybe they need to be managed, right? <laughs> um, chaperone, so to speak. Watch so-and-so because you know when he or she has too much to drink, they're going to act this way or that way, right? Like I work hard to do everything I'm supposed to do personally to not be that problem. Even professionally, I remember 2018 or 2019, um, I was one of the headliner speakers at a, um, at a conference. And I remember one of my good friends, um, well, she's a good friend now, she was putting the conference on and she had booked me to speak. And she had also booked this like pseudo celebrity to speak to. And this pseudo celebrity had been on a bunch of like daytime television shows like the Steve Harvey show and all of this. And she had written books and she was like this well-known person. So we were all excited about hearing her speak. And she, she spoke and she presented and she was good. But I remember talking to my friend after the conference, we were kind of debriefing. And she was like, I will never book so-and-so again. And I'm like, what? Oh, my God. She was like, she was the biggest headache. She was so demanding. She was a diva. It was like, it, she was like, it was a horrible experience working with her. It was just, I would never book her again. Her information is great, but she herself, I would never, right? And I was like, wow. You know, I was just, she was like, when we have this conference next year, I'm searching for somebody else, right? To talk about this particular subject, we can find somebody else she was horrible to work with. And I just remember thinking in that time that, you know, I never wanted to be that person. That, you know, all of the great information and products and services that I've cr created precedes me. But then when I'm booked to show up in person or, you know, whatever, or come add value to somebody's community, they don't want to work with me again because I'm such a headache. I bring such negative energy. I bring more problems than I do peace. And so, you know, I've learned lessons like this throughout my life over and over again. The importance of obedience, the importance of bringing more peace than you do problems, right? And that's all that's always preceded by your obedience. Your ability to do that is always preceded by your obedience. So, <clears throat> I want to be I want to be when I come up in my what I strive for is when the idea of me, you know, should we invite Lisa or should we book Lisa or should we hire Lisa to be our coach or whatever? is a welcoming thought, right? The only thing that needs to be worked out is logistics. And the way you become that, the way you become that magnetic is with your own obedience. So let's talk about a couple categories of obedience, right? Um, first is principles. You have to be a principled person, right? When you have principles that you live your life by, that, that 
pretty much make up your paradigm, which is your mental programming. When you have principles, when you're a principal person and you're led by your principles, that makes you attractive, okay? So that's the first thing, your principles, right? So very, very simply, right? One of my principles is promptness, right? Like being on time is one of my principles, whether it's on time for like a, a coaching session, a speaking engagement, right? A, a personal engagement, being on time is really, really, really important to me. Um, being on time with what I say I'll do. If I tell somebody, okay, I'll email you tomorrow morning with this information, you can guarantee it's going to happen. If I tell my clients or my students or my classes, this will be uploaded in 24 hours. It's going to happen, right? So one of my principles is timeliness. One of my principles is, you know, also, you know, my word is bond. So doing what I say I'm going to do. So another one of my principles is integrity, right? Um, another one of my principles is my honesty. Another one of my principles is being trustworthy. So when you have principles that guide your behavior, that guide your life, right? And you live by them, that is admired by people and it increases your magnetism. Okay. So my principles make me magnetic, not just that I have them, but the fact that I live my life by them. Okay. So one of my principles is I want to be trustworthy, meaning I want people to feel like they can trust me, not just with tasks like, hey, Lisa, can you pick this up for the party? And I really come through with it. But also, you know, I want people to be able to trust me with information. If someone confides in me, if when I tell our clients, you know, your information is confidential and we will never exploit you. Right. So can I be trusted with information? Can I be trusted with tasks? Right. Being trustworthy is one of my principles. When you are principled and you have principles that you live your life by, it increases your magnetism, right? It increases your attractiveness to people, right? And, and those, those principles that you decided to be guided by in your life is your own obedience, right? Once I see a quality or um, once I identify a quality that I think is super important and I work hard to become that, I make it one of my core values, I make it one of my principles, and I live my life by it, right? That is attractive, right? And, that, and me living my life by those um, principles is my obedience, right? Okay, so now that's one. Now let's talk about another thing that makes you attractive. Um, another thing that makes you attractive is being financially um, responsible, right? So if I'm disobedient and I don't safeguard what God has blessed me with, if I'm not a good steward of my money and my assets, right, I become a problem for someone else, right? Which means I disrupt their peace, right? Maybe I need to borrow because I didn't manage what I was given properly, right? Now, this is sometimes you have to borrow because you just didn't have enough. I'm not talking about that situation. I'm talking about needing to ask for because you mis mismanaged what you had, right? So when I'm obedient, when it comes to my money, my assets, you know, the, the, income that I've acquired, when I'm obedient with that, right, I can bring peace to somebody else's life. But not only that, okay, we're going to take this one step further. Your obedience not only brings peace, but your obedience has the potential to bring joy. Wait a minute. So bringing peace means, listen, I'm financially responsible, right? I plan properly financial, financially, right? So I know this is coming up. I make sure my responsibilities are taken care of. You know, I make sure I secure money for the future. You know, I make sure I invest in income generating assets, 
right? And then, you know, so I just make sure I'm a good steward of my money, right? So that's my obedience, okay? So how does that bring peace? That means I don't have to go to somebody for to ask for something because I mismanaged what I was given. So that's peace. I'm bringing them peace, but they don't know, okay? So a lot of times peace means you just don't disrupt them. So, right, so you don't disrupt their peace by asking them to rearrange, you know, their financial situation to help you out because you mismanage your financial situation. So I bring peace by not bringing problems. But listen to this. Remember I said your obedience has the potential to bring peace, but your obedience also has the potential to bring joy. Let's take this one step further. Because I am a good steward over my money, because I am a good steward um, over my assets, right? I, I, I bring peace by not asking for something or having my hand out when I didn't necessarily have to. But then I bring joy because I'm able to give from my overflow. So my friends know when I go out to dinner or drinks with my friends, it's not rare for me to be like, I got this, right? I'll take care of it. When we go out of town, right? When we're traveling, it's not, un it's not unlike me to be like, I got this excursion. I got it. It's already paid for this, right? Because not only does my obedience allow me to bring peace to somebody's life, but my financial obedience allows me to bring joy, right? I can, I can treat my friends and family, right? I can donate and, and bring joy to somebody's life. My partner loves to give money to the homeless. Like it's very rare that we can pull up to like a corner and a homeless person is standing there and he's not going to be digging in his pockets. Like give him this. If, if the homeless person is on my side of the car, he hands it to me. Like give this to him. Hurry up before the light changes. Like he has a heart for homeless individuals and the reason he's able to give in that way the reason i was able to adopt a family this past christmas and literally bring joy to somebody's life financially is because i've been obedient with what i've been given right so when i'm a good steward over my money and my assets again not only do i bring peace but we could take it one level further and now i can bring joy to somebody's life a stranger or immediate friends and family, whatever it is, because I've been obedient, right? Okay, so that's money, right? So now let's talk about um, advice. Let's talk about being an advisor to friends and family. So when you are obedient to your mental health, right? Um, you're being obedient to your person, to your being, to your mental and emotional state means that you intentionally pray or, you know, are spiritually aligned with whatever you believe in, right? You maybe intentionally do mindfulness in the form of meditation, breathing, things like this. You intentionally seek out therapy when there's something that you need to unpack or get over that you can't DIY, right? So when you are obedient to your emotional intelligence, to your self-awareness, you know, to your mental state, if you know you're suffering depressive episodes, anxiety, psychotic breaks, right? You Obedience means you intentionally address those things, right? If you know you suffered some type of trauma in your life, so let's say, you know, like me, let's, we ain't even got to make up an example. I just use a real example. My father abandoned me when I was a young kid, right? I think I was in an elementary school. Him and my mom divorced. They co-parented for a while. And then one time he just stopped picking me up for visits and I haven't seen him since, right? So, Many people have been abandoned some way or form by somebody who was supposed to love them unconditionally and be in their lives, right? And so 
let's say I never, I never went to therapy about my dad leaving me, right? Let's say I never sought out help to get over this feeling of abandonment, right? And now I become, I could have easily become a person that did a couple of things. Number one, I could have become a, an abandoner. I can, I could have become what my father was, which is a person who abandons things and people. And if I'm being completely honest, I saw some of that behavior and the things that I would do, right? Years ago, like it'd be nothing for me to, you know, like have an assistant working for me and just like, or me not like a certain situation. And for me to just be like, sever the, the relationship, sever, don't try and work it out. Don't try and train them better. It's over. Right. Like I saw myself using abandonment as the first course of action for certain things. And I was like, whoa, where did this come from? Right. So let's say I never got help for that. Let's say I never went to therapy to talk about my feelings around my father leaving my life. OK, so what happens? The one, like I said, you can become that thing which hurts you. And in my case, I was abandoned and I could have become a person who abandoned others and things, right? But the other option is I could have taken on the attitude of I'm going to put up this emotional barrier, this wall, because I, I, I want to do the hurting or I don't want to be vulnerable or ever make myself available to be hurt again. And so now I'm going to put up this emotional wall or this barrier so that no one can hurt me or abandon me in the way in which my father did years ago. Right. So now my defense mechanism from being for from being abandoned is this emotional block. I'm emotionally unavailable now. Right. I don't let people get too close. So I get in a relationship with somebody and it could be romantic or friendship and I let them in, but I don't let them all the way in because what am I doing? I'm protecting myself because this is my defense mechanism from being abandoned myself. Now, what happens here? Right. What, what happens is, let's say, remember, I said we're going to talk about advising. Right. So fast forward to I'm, I have these friends. Right. And we're around talking like girlfriends do. And someone is asking about relationship advice like we usually do, right? And when somebody brings up something that their partner did, my advice is to leave. Just leave him. Just leave her. Just fire him. Just fire her. Quit that job. My, my advice is always in some form to abandon the thing that is hurting you or that, that you are perceiving as hurt or that is not pleasing you at the highest level. Now, nobody in the room or nobody that I'm giving this advice to would know that my advice is coming from a broken place because that was my experience, right? But my advice is ill-advised because it's coming from an unrepaired place inside of me. My disobedience of not repairing what was broken inside of me is now calling, causing me to give ill advice to others. Nobody knows this. They can take it or leave it. But if I'm somebody who is close to this person or admired by this person, they might take my word like as a real consideration. Right now, that could be good advice in some circumstances. But if my go to is always to leave that thing, leave that person, walk away, you don't need that, whatever you have to know. Am I, am I speaking from a completely healed, healthy place? Am I, is this advice coming from a person who is emotionally intelligent 
and who has addressed their trauma in a healthy way? Or is this advice coming from a person who was hurt and now the advice and the advisement that they're passing on to the next person is coming from their disobedience? The recipient of it may never know, right? It's just like a, a, a female or male who got cheated on, right? And so then when the, one of their friends get cheated on, they're like, this is the worst person on the planet. Or maybe maybe the, the friend didn't even get cheated on. Maybe the friend suspects, like I haven't heard from such, from such and such in a while. Or they did something odd last night. And my advice is they probably cheated, right? Because that was my pain. That was my hurt. And because I didn't get, you know, closure from the relationship that hurt me when I was cheated on, I'm now assuming that's the behavior of the next man, of the next woman, of the next person. My disobedience with not addressing what has emotionally stripped me, my disobedience for not getting the mental help, the therapeutic help, the counseling, for not doing the work of getting repaired has caused me to be, um, be ill-advising my friends and family. Or some people get online and ill-advise the public. <laughs> they literally have not addressed their own trauma. They have not addressed their own emotional issues. And they get on just like I am right now on Facebook Live and give you the worst advice. And we listen to these people. Your disobedience is not bringing peace. Your disobedience is causing turmoil. And so what you have to know is the person you're listening to, the person you're taking as advice from, you need to know that they are emotionally intelligent, their EQ is high, that their self-awareness is high, that their vibrational frequency is high. Do you know their story? Do you know the root of this information that they're giving you? Because your their own disobedience is causing them to ill-advise you, right? And they don't even know that they're bringing more problems than peace to your life. But here we are, we're listening to these people um, who haven't even done the work in the dark and now they're bringing you the worst information to the light right so again your disobedience we went over financial okay we went over advisement okay um we we went over being principled and how that makes you magnetic the next one i want to talk about which is my jam is health let's talk about how your disobedience and your health right can disrupt somebody's peace right um we are meant, right, our, our sole purpose with this one body and this one life that we've been granted and gifted, um, we are meant to cherish it, right, to hone it, um, to give our bodies and our brains, you know, the most optimal nutrition, right, um, access to the movement, access, you know, to the mindfulness, right? We are meant to cover our body and our brains. We shouldn't be carrying excess weight. I don't care how attractive you think it looks. We shouldn't be um, carrying dis d disease. We should not be plagued with dysfunction. We should not have to battle discomfort even. We should not battle. I know we've normalized disease uh, dysfunction and discomfort, but it's not natural. We, our knees shouldn't hurt. Our back shouldn't hurt. Headaches shouldn't be around. You shouldn't catch colds. You shouldn't be sick. You shouldn't have to rely on medications for your body to function properly. We shouldn't be on dialysis. We shouldn't, we shouldn't need insulin that our body didn't produce. We shouldn't need 
appeal to help, you know, um, to keep our blood pressure down. We this These things, we shouldn't need appeal to keep our cholesterol down. These things are unnatural, okay? And more often than not, they're a result of our disobedience. I, I remember telling, I think it was a class last Saturday that I was teaching. I'm like, do y'all know colds ain't even natural? I was telling my class, like, let me tell you something. If I sniff, if I cough, if I have to clear my throat, my antennas go up. For other people, that's so natural. They're like, chill out. It's just a cough. I'm just clearing my throat. I'm like, nah, me though, that while I'm clearing my throat because of mucus. What did I eat or what did somebody slip into my food that created excess mucus? Because I don't have this. This is unnatural for me. Why am I sneezing? Why, why are my ears itching? Like all of these are signs to me. These are mild signs that other people ignore that are blaring signals for me. Why? Because I covet my body and my brain, right? I cherish my body and my brain and I do everything in my power on a regular basis to make sure I'm always free of disease, dysfunction, and discomfort. So any sign of something that's unnatural, right, is a signal to me that I need to adjust something. I need to adjust something in, in my process and in my routine, right? Something needs to be taken out. Something needs to be added. What's happening, right? Because when we are disobedient in that way, when we're not exercising, when we're not drinking water, when we're not eating right, right, when we're not sleeping well, you know, when we are um, chronically stressed, all of that becomes that disobedience, right? That long-term chronic disobedience, I can guarantee you, is going to lead to a problem for somebody else. You become a burden to someone else when you don't take care of your body and your brain, right? You may think that it's only you who's being bothered, but trust me, somebody has to hear about it, right? Somebody has to pay for it right? Somebody's life is going to be impeded or, or inflicted by you being unhealthy. It's inevitable, right? It's inevitable. And so I want to make sure that I take care of my body and my brain because I don't want my spouse to have to take care of me years from now. I don't want the American public to have to pay, right, for procedures and medications that were avoidable had I done right, right? I don't want my children to have to pay. I don't want my children to have to be burdened with a phone call that my diabetes done got out of control because I didn't take care of myself. I don't want that burden. I'm thinking about people who aren't even here. How can I bring peace to someone's life by taking care of my vessel, right? Mentally, do who do I need to seek out? A therapist, a counselor, who do I need to seek out so that you know, the story that I'm telling myself in my head doesn't grow so big, right, that, I, that it alters my behavior and I begin to act out in such a way that somebody needs to intervene, right? Let me get this second opinion about this story that I'm telling myself about myself, right? They say you should never be the only voice in your head, right? So that obedience of, you know, prioritizing my exercise in the morning before I get to work, prioritizing my water, right? Prioritizing plants every damn day. Literally, I know 
that that obedience is going to bring peace to somebody else. But not only that, just like how the example I gave you guys earlier about me, my obedience with my money can, has the potential to bring not just peace, but joy. The same is true with your health. My obedience to my health, my body, my brain, not only is going to bring peace because I'm not going to become a burden physically or financially to anyone, but my healthiness has the potential to bring joy. What? Wait a minute, right? So look, when me and my friends are active, right? Like we love the type of vacations where you're not just sitting on the beach, but you're exploring a city, right? You're going on excursions, right? And so my good friend who loves doing that, she got somebody to go with her, right? I know I can call Lisa to go ziplining. I know I can call Lisa to go hiking or mountain climbing, right? Like I know somebody who shares not only my same interests, but who is physically capable of executing, right? My physical health has the potential to not just bring peace, but to bring joy. That's next level. I should have put that in the Facebook post, right? That's next level. Does your obedience not just bring peace, but does it bring joy, right? Me being physical, physically and mentally sound and capable and coveting my brain and my body, how else can that bring joy? Well, it's what I'm actually going to talk about next, which is what I do for a living. Because I don't put sluggish foods in my body, because I don't consume refined sugar and dairy and all these processed foods loaded with sodium and oil and all this stuff, I don't have brain fog, right? I'm clear. Not, not, I'm not just clear. I'm crystal clear, Okay, so because I'm so clear mentally, right, because I'm in tune with my emotions, because I have, you know, emotional intelligence and self-awareness, that means when I'm booked to speak, right, when I show up on the stage, when I just turn my camera on and go live like I am right now, that means that people can be attracted to the energy I'm bringing. They, they are going to hear what they need to hear, and it's going to be delivered in a way that's, that's entertaining and educational, right? I think one of the biggest compliments I get when I speak is, oh my God, I love your energy, and oh my God, your passion around what you're talking about is so evident. One of the biggest compliments I get over and over again. It will be impossible for me to bring that energy, that passion, you know, to my work, to my purpose, if I wasn't drinking my water, right? If I was sluggish from caffeine all day, because I because I tried to get energy from caffeine and candy bars as opposed to plants, proper sleep, exercise, and water, right? So the source of my energy is infinite, right? When the source of your energy is synthetic like a quick sugar spike from a sugary granola bar or a cup of coffee, that's going to crash and burn because your blood sugar is going to spike and it's going to crash real quickly. But my energy, my enthusiasm, my passion, right, comes from me literally taking care of my body and my brain. And so it's infinite. It's endless. I am, my blood sugar is not about to crash in an hour or two and I done gave y'all all I got and I ain't got nothing left. No, you can call me at 12 p.m. or 12 a.m. at night. And I'm telling you, if we're talking about these plants and we're talking about this health, you're going to get the same high energy, passionate person, right? Because I fuel my body and I fuel my brain with the raw materials needed for me to produce at a high level. Here's the key, consistently, right? Not just let me do what I need to do to be on for this next hour. No, I'm always on. Like, I'm, I'm ready, Right. If someone hops in my DMs or emails me a question or shows up to one of my classes about help that they need 
with you know overcoming a chronic health challenge or a chronic disease, I'm ready. I can access the part of my brain that has the answer. Right? Somebody hit me up. Hey, Lisa, I got this autoimmune disease. Hey, Lisa, uh, what what can a plant-based diet do for chronic kidney failure? Hey, Lisa, what, how can I use a plant-based diet to overcome hypertension? Or, you know, how should I be, what should I be doing to protect my immune system because COVID, right? I'm on. I literally eat the right foods, the antioxidants, the plants, the phytonutrients, so that my brain, the information that I've intentionally stored in my brain over multiple years is accessible. Come on now. Me taking care of myself, me taking care of my body and my brain, not only has the potential to bring peace, not only has the potential to bring joy, right? But it has the potential to bring relief to somebody because of what I've been assigned here to do, right? My integrity with eating and moving and living in the way in which, which I teach others, now we're back to principles, right? Has allowed me to not just disrupt somebody's peace. Not only do I not disrupt peace, I bring joy, right? I bring relief because the knowledge that I've acquired, I can access and I can help somebody feel better because my brain is optimal. I'm firing on all cylinders, right? So my obedience, right, to my health and covenant my body, right, allows me to do that and it makes me magnetic. Come on now, back to that word, magnetism. You increase your magnetism with your obedience, right? We all know, we all know people who ain't magnetic. Like, now nah, I'm good on them. I don't want to be around such. They always negative, right? Or they don't never got no money, right? But we don't even ask them on vacation no more, right? Or uh, they don't live their life by any principles like that. They go whichever way the wind flow. Like, is you in, is you out? Do you do, do this or do you not do that? They don't have any principles. It, it, it demagnetizes you when you are disobedient, right? But when you are obedient to your principles, when you're obedient to your, to your money and your, and your economic status, when you are obedient to your health, it makes you magnetic. It brings peace and it has the potential to even bring joy. The last, the last part about obedience before I quickly get into solutions is your obedience to your purpose. This is the one. So my podcast where I talk about obedience, um, obedience, um, personal and professional lessons of a life lived on purpose. And that's on the Black Health Academy uh, platform. So in this, in my obedience episodes, I'm usually talking about career. When I talk about obedience in that, in my solo podcast, I'm always talking about obedience to what your calling is on this planet, to what your purpose is, okay? And so that's what I want to focus on right now. You know, this, right now we're talking about obedience to everything, your health, your money, your principles, but purpose. Let me tell you something. We all, we all have a gift. We all have a purpose. That is nothing that nobody's ever heard before. Some people have identified theirs. Some people haven't. Some people have identified theirs and they're being disobedient by not utilizing it at a high level. But when you are, when you have identified your assignment, okay, when you have identified your assignment, you are meant to be obedient to that assignment and nothing else. The obedience to that assignment takes precedence over any and every other task, right? Yes, you might have a, a longing in your heart and a passion in your heart for a certain thing, right? Like, oh, animals, right? Whatever. But if that is not your assignment, 
even though it looks good to everyone else, oh, you volunteer at the vet or you do this, that's fine. But if that is not your assignment, it should not take precedence. Whatever you're called to do is what should be prioritized, right? That's where your energy and your effort should go first. The other things that you're interested in, right, can definitely be present, but your assignment is what you are responsible for executing on, on a daily basis, right? Honing your gift, right? Meaning, meaning developing it constantly. A gift still needs to be developed constantly, right? So whatever your gift is, right, it should be attached. It, it's going to be attached to your assignment, right? And your disobedience to that not only hinders all of us because we are only here to capitalize on the gift of others and we are only here to be um, in service to others, right? So every time I go to my good friend's Coach Kiwi's um, fitness class, one of her fitness classes, I'm always in the front row, right? You're never going to catch me at Coach Kiwi's group exercise class in the second row, in the middle row, and definitely not in the back. I'm always going to be in the front. Why? Number one, because she's being being obedient to her assignment as a fitness instructor. You can the passion spills off of her, the excitement and the energy spills off of her. She literally turns into a different person when she leads her kick abs class, right? And it's magnetic. So anytime I'm in the presence of someone operating in their gift, I'm in the front. It, there is no other place for me to be. I was at my I was at a conference last weekend in Atlanta. My favorite motivational speaker, Dr. Eric Thomas, ET. I paid for platinum VIP because I knew they got the best seats because his amount of energy and magnetism is I will pay any amount for because being in the presence of obedience is like it's it's not comparable to anything else. Right. I've heard people say, Lisa, every time I hear you speak, like I hear something I never heard before. It's just like so I can listen to you speak all day. Right. That's just me being obedient. I'm not taking credit for that. I'm just a vessel that my, my gift is coming through. Right. And so when you are obedient to your gift, when you are obedient to your purpose, when you've aligned your God given gift and your acquired talents with your purpose, the intersection of your gifts, your talents and your purpose is where you should reside on a daily basis period. The intersection of your God-given gifts, your acquired talents, and your purpose is where you should reside on a regular basis. And when you do that, you are in alignment. You are obedient. And all of that, all that the universe has for you will flow easily to you. I'm a, I'm a walk-in testament. I already know this, right? I already know. I stay in alignment. Everything I could wish for, ask for, and that, that which is beyond my imagination is going to be made available to me easily. It will not be a struggle, right? It will not be a struggle to attain that which is what I'm seeking and that which I know not even to seek. I don't even know if that was a proper sentence, but y'all get it, okay? So well, when you are disobedient, what you will find is when you are disobedient to your gifts, when you stay in a position you're not meant to be in, when you you know stay in a role that no longer serves you and that, that which you no longer serves, things will become increasingly difficult. It will become increasingly difficult to wake up to get to that job. It will be increasingly difficult to do the job when you get there. It will be increasingly, uh, you will be met with a lot of resistance 
from the universe and from God because you're in a place that you're not meant to be. But when you are obedient, it will become increasingly easy to execute. I don't need an alarm to wake up. I don't, y'all. I don't need an alarm to wake up. I don't need I don't need anyone over my shoulder or in my email reminding me to get to work or telling me a ball that I dropped in doing my work because it comes it flows easy to me and for me and through me. I'm happy to get up and do the work, right? I work from home in my office. I don't I am the top of the food chain in my company and I can execute at a high level, right? I have a six-figure company why? Because I'm obedient to my calling, I'm obedient to my purpose. And because of that, the things that I seek in my business to create programmings, to help change the lives of the people we serve, flows to me easily. Their resources are available so that I can make the experience better for the people we serve. That's nothing but obedience. That's it. That's it. That's it. It's nothing but obedience. And so when you are obedient to that, you become a joy to be around. We all know somebody who's miserable at work. We probably know a lot of, we know more people who are miserable than are not. That's an unfortunate reality, right? And so what happens is, you know, you become, you know, a drag to be around, right? You are only want to complain. And here's the worst part. You only want to complain about the same things over and over again, and nothing is ever attached to a damn solution or an exit strategy, right? Your disobedience is literally disrupting my peace. I don't want to hear this unless we're talking solutions. Like, okay, so what's the plan? Okay, if you hate this so much, if you hate him or her so much, if you hate this situation so much, what, are, what is the plan to get in alignment so that you can extract joy from life and not disrupt my peace because you're so miserable? Let me tell you something. This obedience thing is heavy. It's heavy. It's heavy. Okay, so let's talk about solutions then real quickly, okay? All right, so if, you, if, you're, if you're just tuning in, um, you want to make sure you go back and listen to this whole thing. We talked about obedience when you, um, to your principles. We talked about obedience to your money. We talked about obedience to your health, okay? And finally, I talked about obedience to your purpose, right? When you, and we talked about obedience, not just to your, your health, like your physical health, but your mental and emotional health as well. And so when you are obedient in all of those areas of your life, right? You become magnetic. You become attractive. Our goal is to be attractive, right? Because we're a tribal, we're a tribal species. We are not meant to roam this world and life alone, which means what? We're meant to be in groups. We're meant to be in communities. You then want to ask yourself, am I a value add to the communities I'm in? Your family is a community. Your friends is a community. Your coworkers, that's a community, right? Your, your church family, that's a community. But are you a value add to those communities? You become a value add when you become obedient, okay? We, are all, we, were, we were meant to roam in packs and in groups. We are meant to be dependent on others. I know this term codependency has like this negative definition and negative connotation, but we are meant to rely on others for their gifts. If everybody executed highly within their gift, we would all benefit. Everybody hair would be fly, your nails would be fly, your spirit would be high because pastor operating in his gift, 
right? You will always eat good because the chef is only cooking because they was meant to cook for a living, right? You will be filled up with joy and entertainment because the singer is supposed to be singing, the actor is supposed to be acting. If everybody was obedient, all of our lives would be full. The reason your life is not full is because somebody in it is disobedient. That's it. That's it. So don't be that person, right? Don't be that person who is disrupting somebody's joy, disrupting somebody's peace, disrupting somebody's purpose because you are disobedient, right? We done all ran into them customer service representatives who was not meant to serve with people. You were supposed to be in the back office. Now you disrupted my peace because you nasty, right? If everybody was in alignment, the world would be a better place. But that's not the reality that we're operating in right now. So let's talk solutions real quick, okay? So here's the deal. All right. Um, I wrote down three things. I wrote down three things um, with regard to solutions. All right, Lisa, you done talked my ear off about disobedience. You done gave me examples of what disobedience looks like um, and how my disobedience affects others. Talk to me about solutions. I got three things for you to consider with regard to, if you know you're disobedient in some area in your life right now, here's three things for you to consider, okay? Because sometimes we're obedient in one area and disobedient in another. Like, you could be obedient in your health. Like, nope, I, um, I eat my plants, I drink my water, I exercise, I'm, I consciously take care of my body, right? But then you could be disobedient with your money, right? You spend frivolously, right? You don't, you know, give, you don't save, you don't invest, you don't, you know what I mean? So disobedience, you could be obedient in one place and disobedient in another. All right. Okay. So let's talk solutions. Okay. So here's the first thing you need to consider with regard to getting in alignment and getting and becoming obedient. Okay. This may, this may be your first, your problem. This may be there. There's three potential issues going on if you're disobedient somewhere in your life. The first potential issue is you don't know there's an issue. It's ignorance. Okay? So you have no you had no idea there was a problem. I mean go back to the example I gave earlier about um giving advice to people, right? Let's say um you know you're talking to a friend about losing weight and you and you know they're like, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm been, I'm struggling with this weight loss thing and I'm fed up, right? I'm over it. And you're like, do what I did. Just get the weight loss surgery, right? Uh, do, do what I did, right? Um, I, I, what I did is I did this 21, 30-day cleanse and it gave me a good jump start. Then after that, you could just eat whatever you want, just in smaller portions. But like, just do what I, like, I give you the number. Like, it's real easy. Just take this appetite suppressant right? Like you're giving horrible advice because you're not considering the long-term health effects. You're not considering, you know, what potential harm you're doing to that person. But because you were disobedient and you decided that doing it the right way was too hard or too difficult or something that, um, that you didn't want to sustain for life. Now you're giving out horrible advice, right? But you don't even know that you're giving out horrible advice, right? So you don't know that there's an issue, you have no idea how your disobedience has affected how you advise others, right? How you advise other people has uh, the root of that is your own obedience, right? So when somebody comes to me and they say, oh, I'm struggling with this weight loss thing right now, I've had a weight loss um, journey of my own. I've lost 65 pounds. And so, but I did it through changing my diet. I did it through exercise. I've maintained it with a whole food plant-based diet. I've maintained it with water. I've maintained it with natural principles, not taking man-made 
you know, shortcuts like procedures like liposuction and like, you know, weight loss surgery and like appetite suppressants and like high deprivation diets and high calorie calorically restrictive diets and like starving myself or whatever, or just using, you know, colonics to lose weight for this weekend. Like, because I've actually done the work, I invested the time and the energy into developing into a person who's disciplined, who's going to do the work, right? The way I advise people, you know, is not only for their weight loss, but it's also for their longevity, right? Like these, I know doing it this way, you're going to lose weight and you're going to add years to your life, right? And you're not going to disrupt the, the natural anatomy of the body. Nobody's going to put a band around your stomach or cut off you know, your food so that you can't even eat then make it smaller. Like we're not going to disrupt the natural structure of the body with my advisement, right? But that's only because of my obedience. So the first issue may be you don't even know you have a problem, okay? Your disobedience is causing problems for others, disrupting somebody else's peace or not adding joy because you don't even know you have a problem, okay? So revisit that right? Um, the, your ignorance could be problematic, okay? Your lack of discipline and really willingness to stick things out and see things through has caused you to have a shortcut mentality. So you try and take shortcuts on everything you do. And because you're always trying to shortcut your way to success, you're advising everyone else to do so, all right? Okay, two other things that may be present. Hey, Terry, okay, I'm gonna bring you on, on a in a second, Terry, if you wanna hop on. Um, so the next issue, okay? So the first issue may be you don't know you have a problem. The second issue may be you're the only one you've employed to solve the problem. <laughs> so the second issue may be you know you have a problem. Okay, yep, Lisa, you know, I'm disobedient in this particular area in my life, i.e., you know, I'm not living on purpose. I'm not aligned with what I, I'm doing and how I'm serving on this planet, right? So you know there is a problem, However, you've, you not only are you the person with the problem, you're also the person you've employed to solve the problem, okay? So you haven't sought outside counsel, okay? So now you are how, listen, a lot of you guys heard me say this and I'm gonna say it a hundred times more. This is the simplest way to, to sum up this particular issue. Even the best surgeon in the world cannot do surgery on themselves, okay? The, the fires, the, the, the flyest, <laughs> the most fire hairstylist or barber in the world cannot do their own hair, cannot cut their own hair. They still go sit in somebody else's chair, you know, to get their stuff done, right? Like the, the best nail tech, nails will still turn out better if somebody else is doing them. So here's, here's, here may be the issue. Maybe your issue is not number one. Maybe you do know there is a problem, but your issue is you're the person you've employed to solve the problem. Now we got a bigger problem, right? Because you've identified the issue and you think you can solve it. If you could have solved it, we wouldn't be here in the first place because you would have identified it when it came on the scene immediately before it progressed to where it has now. So... You would have identified the solution right when the problem emerged so that it didn't balloon or escalate to become a problem for the rest of us. So you ain't, you probably not the right person. <laughs> 
you probably are not the right person to solve the problem. You're probably not the right person to help you become obedient in that particular area of your life. Because if you were, we wouldn't be here having this conversation. It wouldn't have got this far. You wouldn't have looked up and all of a sudden you diagnosed with heart disease or diabetes right or hypertension it would have never got this far you would have been you would have identified a problem was on the horizon earlier when you were having headaches or a dry mouth and you would have nipped it in the bud then before it became a diagnosis your level of self-awareness is too low to solve your own problems so maybe your issue is you trying to diy the issues that you've identified in your life and the job is not meant for you. That's not your role, sis. That's not, you know you were never meant to, to prepare, uh, repair your own credit. You you don't make good decisions financially. You need to employ someone else to help you through that, to help you to teach you how to be a good steward of your money, how to create assets, you know, how to put your net worth in the positive and out of the negative. You need to employ someone else for that. Yes, you know it's the issue. But that doesn't mean you have the ability to solve it. Okay, so that may be that may be your issue. That's number two. The final issue may be, okay, so let's say you've identified the problem. So you're not ignorant to your disobedience. Let's say that you've realized that you are not the best person to employ to solve the problem. Okay, okay. But you still got the problem. You've like, nope, I know I couldn't do, do it myself. So I sought out so-and-so. I sought out a financial advisor. I sought out a health coach. I sought out a personal trainer. I sought out a therapist. I sought, sought out a spiritual advisor, right? So let's say you have outsourced the job to somebody else, right? But, uh, you know, I sought out a physician, whatever. So you have outsourced the job to somebody else. You were smart enough to identify the problem. You were smart enough to identify that you were not the person to solve the problem. Your third and final potential issue can be you've misaligned the solution and the problem. So you've sought out the, per, the, the, the possible solution in a person or a program, but they, it's not aligned properly, right? Now, this happens often because... We like, I know I need to figure out this, this, this diabetes thing. And so I'm going to, in this case, I'm going to, you know, employ my doctor to help me through it. Now, you and your doctor have been managing diabetes for two years. Something that's reversible. Type 2 diabetes is reversible. So now we got a problem. Now you need to ask yourself, okay, I identified the problem with my blood sugar, right? I decided that I could, I didn't know how to get over, you know, the, my issues with my blood sugar and diabetes. So I employed my doctor, but me and my doctor have been managing this disease for years now. And you're looking up like, why do I still have this problem? Because you've misaligned the solution and the problem. So now the question becomes, you know, what work did I do in employing this problem solver? Right? Did I vet them proper, properly? Did I make sure that their principles and their core values were aligned with mine before I employed them with solving my problem? What do I mean by my principles and my core values? Well, I'm plant-based, right? So if I go to a standard traditional doctor with an issue and I ask them to solve this problem and they tell me, oh, your iron is low, you need to go back to eating meat, we're misaligned. That's a misalignment, okay? I need to vet the person I'm going to employ, the person or the program I'm going to employ to solve my problem to make sure we are properly aligned 
from a core value standpoint, from a principle standpoint, like there needs to be some interviewing going on, right? When I'm enrolling people in my programs from the table and the other 23, they have to fill out an application and they have to be interviewed. Why? Because they have applied because they've decided they want me to solve their problem. But then we interview, I interview them and then I allow them to interview me. I say, what questions do you have for me, because I want to make sure that you're a good fit in my community and I want you to feel like I'm a good fit as the person you're going to employ to solve your problem. It's not a matter of her, her solution is affordable. The, the pairing of the two must be aligned. I remember when I was um, working as a personal trainer some years ago, I had a woman call me, reach out to me. She was recommended uh, by somebody else. And she's like, you know, I'm looking for a trainer. I'm looking for a coach. And we got to talking and going through everything. And she's like, um, so you only do one-on-one -on -one personal training? You don't do like group exercises or group classes? I was like, oh, no. She's like, okay, well, I, would, I, I like being in classes. I like being in groups. I like, you know, feeding off the energy of other people. I like that community. I was like, oh, okay, then we're not a good fit for each other. Because I personally hate teaching group X classes. I only preferred one-on-one -on -one or like um, semi-private two-to-one personal training. But I didn't teach, I didn't enjoy teaching group X classes, right? So if she had a went for it and employed me just because she could afford me, that would have been a misalignment. See what I'm saying? So maybe that's the issue. So in listening to this, right, and I highly encourage you guys to go back and listen to it again, okay? I have a... um a recent obedience episode on my podcast entitled, you know, repetition is my cheat code for mastery. I said a lot of stuff today. So even though you tuned in and you think you got the gist of it, come back and re-listen to it again. And because when you hear it for the first time, it's for comprehension. You listen to it over and over again, it's for mastery. So make sure you understand what I'm saying here. But your issue just may be if you've employed someone to help you become obedient in a certain area of your life and it's still not working out for you. It just may be a misalignment. Like you've, you didn't interview them or vet them properly. Maybe your only metric for whether or not to hire this person was affordability. I.e., you know, is this doctor in my network, in my insurance? Okay, I was looking for a dentist. I was looking for a, a cardiologist. I was looking for an ear, nose, and throat. I was looking for you know, a podiatrist and they're in my network. And so now they're qualified to be my doctor. That's not enough. Let's not even get on therapy. So many people, they, they, they finally decide to try therapy. They go to therapy and they don't feel like it's working. They're like, I've been going to that. And I had a couple sessions with this person and it's not, it's not working. I just don't feel connected. That's okay. It's just a misalignment. It doesn't mean that therapy is the wrong solution. It means that therapist is the wrong therapist. You know, so that financial advisor, it doesn't mean financial advisement is not the right solution. It just means you've, you've employed the wrong person. And that's okay. Because from those experiences, we learn what questions to ask next time. We know, you know, like I just personally, I just hired a real estate agent yesterday. Right. And so uh, she was referred to me by somebody. But when we got on the phone the first couple of times, you know, I'm asking her questions. I want to make sure that she's a good fit. Just being a real estate agent doesn't mean you're qualified to solve the problem I need solved. Right. So there's certain things that we want to make sure um, is aligned when we employ someone to help us solve our problem.
right? So that could be your issue. So if you find that you're disobedient in, in one of those areas of your life that I mentioned earlier, right? I went through like four or five different things where disobedient causes problems for the rest of us. If you're fine, you've, you're disobedient. The next thing as you start working on solutions is to ask yourself three questions. One, do I even know there is a problem? Have you even identified that there's an issue? And what area is that issue in? If you've done that, yes, Lisa, there's an issue here in my life. Okay, I haven't gotten over the trauma of losing my marriage. I haven't got over the trauma of losing, you know, a loved one, right? I haven't got over the trauma, like for me, of being abandoned, right? Okay, so now there is an issue that you've identified. Well done. Okay, because some people don't even have the wherewithal to identify their issues. Okay, the next thing is, you know, have you employed yourself to solve the problem? And the reason, now it can work sometimes. You can do all the work yourself to lose the weight and to get off the insulin or to get off the medication. But sometimes you can't. And how do you know if you're the wrong person to be employed? Because you, you're struggling with it far too long and, and the ease of getting through it and over it is not coming easy enough. You're struggling to understand everything that's required to help you get over and through this problem, right? You don't speak, you know, financial jargon. So you're struggling to understand how to properly manage your money and invest in income generating assets because you don't understand what IPOs are. You don't understand, you know, what, what a ticker is. You don't understand you know, what, what it means for a stock to drop or a stock to go up or what a short sale is. You don't speak that language. So stop employing yourself to figure it the hell out and just go to the expert. But then if you do get to that third step, okay, so you've identified the problem, right? You, you, you haven't made yourself the only person you employed to solve the problem. But then when you get to that third step and you're like, well, I've employed someone to help me solve my problem. Again, that next question is, is that an aligned um, uh, partnership? Is that aligned? Is that person aligned for your job, meaning for the job that you're giving them? Okay, do you guys share some of the same principles, some of the same core values? Do they know what you're coming from? Do they know your desires, right? So they can help you in the best way possible. Does your doctor know, right, that your medication is the absolute last resort? There's some things that you're not gonna do. If you told your doctor you got fibroids and you need to work through them, do they understand that you will never get a hysterectomy and cut out your womb, your womb, which is the woman's intuition? Because if that's what they've traditionally recommended to other women in your situation, they might not be the doctor you wanna employ. Does your doctor believe in a whole food plant-based diet to overcome fibroids? Do they believe in mindfulness? Do they understand that you have to create a mind-body connection with the body to help it to heal? Or do they only wanna put you on hormonal therapy do they only want to offer a hysterectomy do they only want to offer these you know traditional western medicine things that may or may not work principles and core values have to be aligned before you employ somebody to help you solve your problem okay so i mean shout out to me for running a point into the ground again um but that's obedience <laughs> okay so i hope all of that made sense Stop making your disobedience a problem for the rest of us, right? Identify those areas in your life where you are being disobedient and then employ the proper pro person, program, or whatever for to help you solve it, to help you get in alignment, to become that solution. We are not meant to do things alone. You, again, even the best surgeon in the world cannot do surgery on themselves. So stop 
trying to be the person that identifies the problem and solves it. That's probably your issue. And that's probably why you've been suffering for much longer than you needed to, right? When, you know, people come into Farm the Table, even though our curriculum is rigorous, right, they appreciate it. They appreciate it. They appreciate just being able to go into their student portal and read what they are supposed to do, what they're not supposed to do, the whys of it. They, they, they enjoy being able to be given the information, being able to be given the action steps that goes with the information, being able to be given the whys of why they're doing what we're asking them to do, right? They've invested in a solution in Farm to Table right? They've invested in solutions. So it brings relief. Eventually, you know, as we help them work through their chronic health challenges, that relief is going to lead to peace because they're no longer um, struggling with, from the digestive issues. They're no longer, you know, strugg struggling with this negative self-image, right? They're no longer, you know, suffering when they wake up every day, you know, from constipation or headaches, you know, or all of this. So the, the their investment into the solution, which is farm to table, is going to bring relief, it's going to bring peace, and eventually it's going to bring joy because they then know that they can feel this good, right? They didn't know that they can get back down to this weight, right? They didn't know that they would ever be able to get off these medications, right? And so because I'm on purpose, because I'm on assignment, because I'm in alignment in my life, I'm then able to create solutions for other people, right? Farm to table is my gift, right? It's just, it's tangible. My signature coaching programs, farm to table, and now the other 23, my um, coaching certification are tangible versions of my gift, that's it. My gift is communication. My gift is being able to take complex concepts that the average person has a difficult time understanding and put it into content that is easily digestible, that is easy to understand, and then put into actionable steps that can be duplicated by anybody with that same problem. My programs, my services that I offer at my company is my gift in tangible form. Come on now. That's it. Listen, when Michael Jackson got on a vinyl, his album is just his gift in tangible form. So how do you use your gift to solve a problem for somebody else? When somebody say, I listen to this Michael Jackson song or I listen to this Luther Vandross song or when I listen to this, it, it made me feel this way, right? When I listen to this song, it made me, it gave me hope again. When I listened to this song, it made me, you know, re remember the love I once felt for such and such, right? That is helping solve a problem for somebody. When people are in alignment, you take your gift and you put it into tangible form through the products, the services, or the things that you create. When you are in alignment, one of the ways to identify on whether or not you're in alignment is that you, you are more of a producer than you are a consumer. We're all consumers, but some of us, some of us are just as much of producers as they are consumers. Just like right now, you're listening to me. I'm recording this. I'm going to upload this to my podcast. I'm going to you know, give it to you so you can listen to it over and over again. In real time, I'm taking this content out of my brain, right? Putting it on video, putting it on audio, right? So that somebody else can consume it. I've created content here today in the last hour or so, right? This is my gift in real form that somebody else can then go listen to, garner a lesson from, and potentially change something in their lives.
right? That's me bringing relief, peace, and eventually joy to their lives by being obedient to my gift, by recording what I had to say because I had a complex concept that I felt like people didn't understand as simply and as easily as I need them to understand it. So I took my gift to translate it for them and now they can listen, watch, whatever, in real time can master this concept, master this idea of obedience, and then they can go on to improve their lives. That's all our gifts are ever meant to do is improve the lives for somebody else. Your gift is not for you. That's why it's called a damn gift, right? The gift, a gift is meant to be given to others. So when you are disobedient on your purpose, when you are not in alignment, that means that you are literally squandering a gift that you were given because you are not giving it to somebody else. A gift is always meant to be given. That's why when somebody says to you, you ever had somebody say, you remember when you told me so and said that changed my life. And you're like, I don't even remember saying that. That happens to me all the time personally. I don't know if that happens to y'all. But I have friends and people that come to me like, you said to me one time or you said such and such in a lecture of yours I was listening to and it changed my life. I remember I was taking a Dave Ramsey class um, a couple years ago at my church and a young lady came up to me. I saw her looking at me in the back of the room. And so after the class, we all were standing up just mixing and mingling. And she came up to me like with squinty eyes like, are you Lisa A. Smith? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, I came to one of your lectures in downtown Detroit and I just want you to know my life has not been the same since. I changed the way I eat. I changed the way my daughter eat. And I just want to come and tell you thank you. And I'm like, yo, that's super dope, right? Now, I don't know what lecture she came to. I don't know what I said in that particular lecture. I don't know what my topic was that day. And it doesn't matter because it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. It was me using my gift to give to her, right? And so that level of obedience, when you are obedient in that way right? You are able to package your gift into, you know, services or content or programs or books or whatever it is, right? And you make it tangible so that somebody else can then consume it. So you produce, they consume, their lives is improved, they pass it to the next person and the cycle continues. So your disobedience is disrupting our peace, all right? So get in alignment, okay? Go make it make sense. <laughs> all right. All right. And and that's and, and and that's all I got to say on that, as they say. Right. So I hope this was helpful, y'all. Um, throw some hearts, you know, give me some feedback in the comments. If you're listening and watching this on the replay, um, if you're listening to this on a podcast, drop a comment, you know, share this audio with somebody um, and let them know, you know, like, listen, like we got to get our lives together. All right. When Lisa said this, this is the part that I needed. OK, um, let me know, you know, how can we shift the outcome? Comes for other people in your ecosystem um, by getting you together? How can we shift the outcomes and the experience, how somebody else experiences life by getting you together? Literally, you getting you together financially, health-wise, physically, mentally, emotionally, you getting you together will literally shift how somebody else experiences life. Figure it out. All right. Until next time, y'all. Take care.